I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Somewhat back to normal this week on the SC Report. It's JT and Lakey here, but in the NRL world and Supercoach land, things are starting to get a little bit more normal as we gear into the run home. Lakey, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good, mate. Yeah, it's um, we're getting back to normal programming, which is nice. So it's nice to know that Origin and buys and you know restings and all that other jazz isn't going to screw with our week-to-week team so it's nice to know what we've got coming to us for the most part we still got covid that's kicking up a stink yeah um, i saw gerbo's out this that's week, the it. latest to fall prey that's it, the big remember one when gerbo, remember when gerbo what happened to him <laughs> i don't know we, we all sort of thought you know it was him and his brother playing off each other so maybe it's just the fact that he hasn't played with little tom for a you know a year and a half or something like that but yeah he's just He's become a, a worker without, you know, super catch, super coach scoring. It's mm. Definitely, yeah, hasn't been relevant for a few years. But we're not here to talk about him. It's round 19, so there's a fair bit going on in teamless news. You're all across that, as you always are. Uh, just back to normal. We're not quite underprepared. I wouldn't say that. But we're going to do this just a conversation. We don't have a run sheet in front of us. Normally, no. we have a few little bits and pieces and topics. But there seems to be one huge one, which is on everyone's lips so we'll get into the big ryan pappenhausen throughout the pod we'll go through the teams some captains and vices as we always do but how about we start off how was last week for you how did you fare i i it's really weird you know those weeks where you have a big score and then you look around the league and it's a shit score so i scored mm. a twelve forty five, and i i was okay i wasn't ecstatic but i was happy enough until everybody else started you know in my leagues i was looking around and you had a what 1400 plus and and everybody else seemed to have left me in the dust so it was uh, a bit of a roller coaster for me what did you do did you have joey manu obviously the i captain. don't have joey manu oh, no. yeah that's exactly right i remember uh, i was saturday afternoon and i was down the coast with the family and i was keeping track of it uh, checked the score at half time and, and I was you know, relatively happy with how my players were going and my non players were not going. Um, checked the score on when I got home and Jesus Christ, I don't know what happened. I still don't know what happened, but Joey Manu just combusted. Mm. He went bananas. Certainly yeah. did. And I looked around a lot of leagues that I was in and even people I was head to head, Wilf being one of them, Catfish, and it hit, they all seemed to have Joey Manu. VC. Mm. So there was a lot of uh, the big Grant Anderson getting looped last week, which, yeah, he was obviously nowhere to be seen. But yeah, it was uh, the haves and have nots or the captains and did nots for Joey Marnie. That seemed to set people uh, above the pack for the week. But then the, the Ryan Pappenhausen, like, I feel like I've dodged a bullet. Uh, bullet there, not owning the, the poor guy, because that was that was horrible. He was on his way to a big score, too. 
Yeah, you say 34 early in the game. They scored, you know, in the opening five or so minutes and he had a hand in that one. So he looked like he was going well. I'm on the other side. I broke my team to get Ryan Pappenhausen. I had the choice between him and Latrell at the time. And I I remember speaking on the podcast about how Pappy was a must. You couldn't go without him. And um, it's ruined me, really. Now I've got a, I've lost a hundred and what, 110K on that trade and I've got to replace him. I got super coach. Yeah, that's it. Do as I say and as I do. But then, uh, like, if you look back at that round 17 week, like the week leading into that, Pappy had gone ballistic in the last, what, 10 minutes. Everyone jumped on to get him in. But it was more like if you've got the cash to spend. But if even if you didn't, people, as you said, like yourself, breaking their teams. If you had to just go on the safe play with the trail, geez, you are surely sitting pretty because I think a lot of teams now getting lat in before he goes too highly priced. He's still 700K thereabouts, so climbing just under. big time. Yep. He'll be obviously a huge trade focus for this week, but how about we get into your team list analysis news for this week? I don't have a uh, don't have a soundbite again for you, but here you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's just about the <laughs> That's extent of it. That's, That's the extent of it. And by the way, before we get in there, flying high in 5,000, thanks for asking. Yeah, I did. I say I mentioned that you had a fourteen hundred this week, so yeah, you're killing it. Mm. Well done. You're leaving. I just had said, a look back at the, in the dust. I had a look back at the team history or the ranking history, and it's pretty funny. I started off quite high, and then in the, in the space of like three weeks, went from one thousandth to forty thousand. So slowly clawing my way back up. But geez, you look at the top of the ladder. There's a lot of conge- congestion around that top 100 spot. So a couple there of nervous coaches. There is. And I, I saw the tweet by Adam Druissi, um, who does the numbers game. He, he posts out the numbers every week on Twitter. Um, and I think he said only two of the top uh, 100 players didn't have um, Joey Manu and uh, Latrell. You know, yeah. the combined two of them. So, uh, or one of, you know. Either or, sorry, I should say. So only two of them didn't have either of those guys, which means to say it's it's all well and good to be on those guys, but you want your pods to be going bananas, not the, the guy that everybody has. You can't catch up following the, the curve. Look at it, vacant block, the number one team so far, Matthew. He's 21.789. He's 184 points ahead of second. So, come well, nice breathing space, but we know this game can turn around in a – the blink of an eye, so it's going to be a uh, fun ride to the finish for old Matty, but for the rest of us, we're just trying to claw whatever we can, win some head-to-heads. Anyway, I sidetracked you there, mate. What's happening in Teamless Tuesday? Oh, a, a bit without too much. The big news is obviously Ryan Pappenhausen is out, fractured kneecap, um, season over. He's going off to surgery. Other injury news, uh, Moses Sully from the Dragons. He's having Sinus Moses um, surgery, I think. So he's ruled out for the next six to eight. So I think that put him on ice for the end of the year as well. And um, we spoke about it a little bit. Jake Tavojevic has COVID, so he's out. Um, not too much else happening. Oh, the Roosters have been just slaughtered as far as their, their injury curse is just running them dry at the moment. Satili Tupanua, uh, ACL, Takiaho, fractured cheekbone. So, you know, Tupanua's season's done. Takiaho will be back for finals if they make it. But the big one there, for me personally, is Billy Smith. I feel so bad for the bloke. It's his third ACL. He's only been playing first grade for four years, and he's a cop three ACLs. So I really feel for him. Hopefully um, more... 
luck is on the horizon for him. But on the other side of it, the big ins. Um, we've got Ryan Matheson. He's coming back for the Eels on Thursday night. He, well, he's been named, I should say. He's been named in the 13. Named there two of the previous three weeks and then got pulled out before kickoff. But this is an early game, so we'll know whether he's actually in or not before that one, um, before the ball drops. Um, Payne Haas is back for the Broncos as well. Uh, the other the origin players, minus Selwyn Cobbo, he's still out with concussion um, issues. So I'm you know, keeping him under wraps until he's fully healthy. And um, who is the other one that I wanted to talk about, Juzzy? Should about the run sheet. <laughs> no, 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 this is it. Reese Walsh. Reese Walsh has been named but in the fourteen. Which is a surprise to me. Oh, so, surely they just want him gone. Like, I doesn't th- want to be I, over I, the ditch. I don't know. Him. Like, he was he was named to start at fullback last week. You know, the week after deciding he was leaving the club. So mm. I don't know whether it's because it's their first home game. It's not even a home game. It's down at GIO. So I'm not sure what's going on. Um, they've just decided he's not playing well enough. He's he's on the outs. Hmm. Interesting mm. one. Uh, how about big bad Luke Carey finally coming back? I don't know if we mentioned yeah. him, but pushing Joey Manu to centres. What does that do for Manu? Um, I don't know that it does heaps this week. He's playing; they're playing the Knights, so I think it's going to be an absolute um, bloodbath. So Manu could score about eight tries in the formats he's on. It, it just means he's off the ball a little bit more. I spoke about it um, in last week's teams analysis. How much better that Joey Manu does when the ball's in his hand? He's playing fullback or five eighth, and he gets. Um, to control what happens around him a little bit more. Now he's going to be a bit more reliant on um, Luke Keary feeding him some quality ball, which is not out of the question, obviously. Um, and Teddy plays that wraparound role well. So he's still in for some solid scores, but it will take his ceiling takes a bit of a hit. We're not going to be seeing another 190 out of him this year, I don't think. So uh, for me, who doesn't have him, I think he's going to be the one that got away i'm not going to be chasing him now at 800k mm. plus i think it's just let bygones be bygones fullback in in 5 8 that's where he's killed it but even at center uh when he's played there this year normally it's his sort of you know solid but nothing spectacular but even this year he's pulled out no, a few this good year, he's, he's been a top five center wing there this year and I, the, uh, I would have loved to have been on him for the ride i went another option in round uh 13 when they played, but um, yeah, regretting that one, he's he's gone back to kick me in the ass. A couple of cheapy watch uh, players, I guess, to consider. So you got my boy Grant. Grant, I was going to call him Gary Anderson, but that's a different sport. Gary. Uh, the big Gary Anderson. <laughs> Grant Anderson for the Storm back in Jersey 14. That's a bit of a weird one, kind of an 80 killer. Yeah. But I don't know, does he get swap out for Tyron Wishard, who's been named at win? Yeah, potentially. I mean, Grant Anderson's a specialist winger um, or outside back, and Wishart seems to be more of a utility-type player. I think he's just been rewarded for filling in there last week and then doing a job. I know they got beat, but he did a job at a drop of a hat. So um, there's a good chance they swap on game day, but, I mean, they've got to do something. Three games on the trot they've lost. I can't remember the last time Melbourne Storm team did that. So Bellamy's going to be trying anything, I think. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Wishart run out there on the wing. Conversely, Jed Cartwright, a starting centre. So he's yes. uh, living on in Supercoach. Not only he's uh, one and done, if that at all. But there you go. Helping, I'd guess, to see the green light. But what does he do at centre? 
Well, that's the thing. He'll be on the right-hand side, which is the less favoured side for the Rabbits. But um, we've seen previously Campbell Graham score pretty well there. Regardless, um, Jed Cartwright seems to have a bit of that same talent in him that Cartwright, um, that Graham has. So uh, I think he'll be serviceable, but um, you much prefer him playing, you know, 80 minutes in the second row as if you want a, a solid floor for an AE. Um, adversely, you know, the Broncos young gun, Zach Hosking, who's killed it the last two weeks, he's just been cut altogether basically for the returning origin boys. So we don't have to worry about him as an AE issue coming off the bench, which is positive. Um, he is on the bubble, but we're getting to that stage now that that's not really a worry. We don't have trades to capitalize on him making a ton of money. No, he needs desperate. Well, he needs to hope for some injuries, but he was doing pretty well when he was out there. Uh, Deloise well. Hoiter as well, same boat, mm. two games. Well, he's three games in. I think he didn't score. Oh, no, he did. He's gone up 88K, still yeah. negative 55 break week. even. So I guess he was probably the one you wanted. But, geez, I thought Hosking looked pretty handy in his time out there. It's going to kill him for next year. Yeah, that's it. He'll start at around mid 300s next year. And I still don't see where he, he starts in this side. They've got Capewell and Ricky on the books still next year. So if he does play next year, he'll be off the bench and um, every chance his price goes down. Hmm. Certainly is. Anything else in teamless land? Around uh, the obvious ones, the Pen- Penrith Panthers are all back, all seven of them that p- featured for New South Wales uh, last week. They're all back to fill out the side and Talakai comes back in at left centre. He pushes uh, Connor Tracy over to the right wing to fill in for Sione Katoa, whose season is done. All righty. Let's move into the big questions for this week. Like he obviously Pappenhausen, uh, top of the list. But before we get into him, I want to start with my side and just a bit of selfish mm-hmm. reasons, whatever. But I don't own Pappenhausen. been fortunate enough to dodge the bullet, as I mentioned. So for me, it's now looking at who I should be getting in outside of him. So Latrell Mitchell is one I don't own. Daly Cherry Evans and Ruben Garrick are the three that I've pinpointed. I already own Tedesco. So I'm trying to toss up between these guys, if anyone at all, because I've got six trades left, yeah, seven weeks to go, so do need to hold on to a few here. But uh, for me, trying to work out how I can get some of these guys that are going ballistic into my side, one way that I've seen to do it, Jerome Hughes, mm-hmm. uh, if we maybe settle on some halves chat for the time being, Jerome Hughes as an owner is quite... Frustrating. He's not your, you know, out and out halfback who controls the side and does everything because we know the Storm have got a billion one options. So for me, he's a tough watch, but filled his job or did his job uh, throughout yeah. the origin period, which is why I got him. Uh, firstly, do you see any reason not to sort of get rid of him? Do you see a Storm resurgence on the cards? Uh, the only thing now is they won't be as reliant on Pappenhausen to um, draw attention and create plays of the back of sweeps and and the like. So we saw it at the back end of last week. Um, I think Jerome Hughes crossed twice at the close of that Raiders game, only to be denied both times. So he really took the team on his back to try and get them over the line, which I think is probably going to happen a little bit more. Him and Munster are going to be relied on to weave their magic throughout the team because as good as Meany has been this year, he's not Ryan Pappenhausen, and he's not going to break the game open in the last 10 minutes of, of his, you know, by himself. So, um, yeah, I think Hughes will get a little bit more involved. Um, and his floor, like, as you said, he's not been fantastic. He's not scoring the way that 
uh, DCE or uh, uh, Nico Hines or Cleary can, mm. but he's, he's got 50s the last three weeks in three losses. Um, so that's a pretty solid floor for a halfback. Any attacking stats that come on top of that, um, mm. yeah, you're, you're laughing. But, yeah, I don't – I mean, you're going up. You're still trading up, aren't you? You're still upgrading the position. He's, he's uh, second or third tier halfback really yeah. behind i think cleary's in a tier of his own then you've got dc and Hines just after that so yeah so okay I'm, I'm settled on on moving hughes out i mean i think there's as you said potential for him there but i just prefer at this stage of the year half that's going to get his hands on the ball a lot more and hughes relies a lot on those you know charge over tries and things like that that mm-hmm. he does and in fairness he dropped the ball over the line twice last week so <laughs> maybe we're not having this conversation if you know those stats are on the board but they aren't right. so we'll move on so looking at some halves, uh, DCE. So mm. Ruben Garrick filled in for his goal kicking in the last what seven minutes. I think he kicked one while DCE was off the field. Uh, do you think that means he's got the goal kicking back full time now that he may have shaken off those niggles or is it still DCEs? Well, I, I tend to believe that he only gave it up because he had the hit pointer concern. So I think DCE, once Garrick is back, he'll get the goal kicking back. But... Um, I'm referring back to a physio tweet and I may not be recalling this hundred percent right, but I think he said, it's just a pain management thing. It's he's not going to hurt it any worse than he's already got, but it could linger. Um, so how, how long that sticks around for, I just don't know um, without speaking to the manly medical staff. And I don't think they're going to come out and say anything other than Garrick is okay to go. So um, it's going to be a game by game basis. I think, Okay. All right. And then this is just going to throw another, I guess, curveball, but comparing Latrell and DCE. So assuming DC loses the goal kicking, uh, it probably costs him, you know, 15, 20 points, to, depending on if you think Manly are going to do quite well. So if you compare the two, uh, Latrell v DCE, who would you be going? Different positions, uh, I know, but yeah. They are very different okay. positions, but I mean, you've got Nico Hines, presumably, still. Yes. And so. Basically, you can compare the pair, um, you know, apples and oranges, whatever. But um, I don't know. Latrell's in a rich vein of form at the moment. I'm in the same boat. I've got Pappenhausen and I'm trading to one of those two guys. Um, I've sort of landed on DCE at the minute based on a bit of a lower price and a lower break even, I believe. but Latrell, I mean, he's still got a, a 14 or a 13 break even. He's going to go up in price. He'll be over 700K next week easily. Um, it's just, I guess, the matchups for me and the price points and the break even sort of have me leaning towards DCE a little bit. Um, you know, that Melbourne Sharks the next couple of weeks for Latrell could limit him a little bit. Not to say they will, because he's had a habit of. Um, playing very well against strong sides, but they are very strong sides. So um, I like the the Manly versus Dragons matchup this week over a Latrell versus Melbourne. I guess he has beaten up on who we got, the Knights and the Dogs, Latrell in the uh, last yeah, couple but, of weeks. So. I mean, before that, it was the Eels with a 99, mm-hmm. and he had 71 on Melbourne in round two, his first game of the season, um, and a 65 against Penrith two weeks after that. So he's not putting up bad scores against these tough sides either. 
he just seems mm. to be locked in this year for whatever it is. Maybe the break has done him good. Maybe the, the rabbit's shit form has done him good. He's come out and gone, no, this is on me now. I've got to pull this side over the line. But he's just, he's a very intense individual at the best of times. But this year he seems more focused and and just wanting to play that saviour role. And he's in everything. That try he scored where he just, he sent Josh Adokar into the third row. Yeah. It was phenomenal. We talked, uh, yeah, Matt Burton, a lesson out there as well. So definitely some feelings. So I, I'm guessing for a guy like him, he can keep it up for the long term. You know, he's been out for a long while. The fire's been burning and he looks healthy. I think that's the main thing coming Very. back. Um, and he's gone and done all the work over in the US and, and everything. He's goal kicking really well. That's uh, it. it. I was, gonna, I was about to say, the, the thing he does have over DCE, if Garrick is healthy, is that goal kicking. Um, and it'll make a huge difference because the Rabbitohs can put points on the board. So he's got a very nice floor anyway with that goal kicking. Um, yeah, it, it's it's really tough one. The, the third guy for me that I was tossing up with these, um, if we, we're sort of talking... You know, oh, you're yeah, talking we're Jerome Hughes. We've sort of leaned into the Pappenhaus and Pappenhaus, and these yeah. are my decisions as well. But I'm also very in on Val Holmes for his run home. Yes. Um, and another goal-kicking guy. He plays out in the centre, same as um, Manu. But the Cowboys have been putting on, you know, your boys, they've been putting on heaps of points this year. And Manu seems to be in amongst it every uh, – sorry, um, Holmes seems to be amongst it for every time they do. They go left with huge success, him and Murray Tuolungi, tearing teams apart down that left edge. Um, what are your thoughts on him for the run home? Sharks this week. Um, sorry, it's Sharks last week. He's got Tigers this week within Dragons and Bulldogs over the next three. That's screaming points to me. It is, but then you've also got a lot of good center wings in a lot of people's teams so far. So, I mean, mm. look at my own Manu Lomax, Mulitalo, Sivo. So, I mean, out of those, yes, Maybe Sevo could be the one to make way, but that's the thing. For a centre wing, they, they can be quite risky. So I think for that position, I'm happy to sit back as a Cows fan and watch Val Holmes go to town. But I don't know. I think, I'd, I'd hate to say it, but I don't know if we've done our dash a bit early. Uh, everyone's had a bit of a, it's been a weird couple of weeks for the Cows with a lot of restings and origin and half breaks. And then, yeah, it's, got, I don't know. I think it's just a strange time for us. And I know the matchups are good, but I think Val Holmes is a guy, if for whatever reason, one of those four that I mentioned on my inside need to be moved on if they're injured or, or suspended or whatever, I'll do it. But two Holmes. But outside of that, I'm happy to, um, I don't know, just take Pump a ride on that, on. given the guys I think I've got in there already can do the job. I don't know what your composition looks like, if there's anyone yeah, you can I've easily got, um I've got Tungo, uh, Toto, Garrick, and, uh, you know, I don't know, someone else. I've got a pretty decent center wing as it stands, so it's not a must-have. Um, oh, sorry, I've got Edric Lee there who needs to be cashed out. <laughs> what yes. a gun, though. What a man. Yeah, well, say I've made 170K on him in the last two What did weeks. he make last week? Uh, what price point? Uh, what, did it, what, what did he score last oh, week? Oh, he scored a 40. That's um, all right. And it was okay. He was playing off a busted leg, but he, he added... 64k on top of the 100k he added uh, the week before so um yeah i can pretty much tr- straight trade him to uh, dce i can make money off him trading him down to a val homes um or i you know cost me a little bit to trade him up to a teddy or latrell hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, that's for me, I'm missing two names. You mentioned Garrick and Toto. So those two right there, guys, I prioritize potentially. Um, but I just sent up the trades. And I think uh, maybe back to Latrell, I'm looking around and I've got him and Cody Walker at this stage. So I have no Sea Eagles in that spine position. So, uh, you know, I'm missing out on Garrick in that uh, that center wing spot. So maybe just getting an in with DCE is better to split that bunnies uh bunnies combination up but uh anyway nonetheless i think there's a lot of of different plays this week um anyone that we haven't mentioned teddy teddy Teddy. is probably one that a lot of people are considering this week given he did uh didn't go 100 plus which you pointed out in your team's article which was yeah you got 99 which is close bloody enough but yeah he hasn't been the teddy of old yeah it shocked me a bit when i saw the score um and, you know, eyes go straight to Joey Manu's score obvious for obvious reasons. But I thought, you know, Teddy, in these sort of games previously, he's knocking up a 150, 160. Um, and especially when he's scoring doubles. To score two tries, which is, obvi- you know, 34 points, and finishing on 99, um, that's just not the Teddy we've known. So I'm wondering if there's any sort of post-origin hangover. Is he going to come good now, you know, Manu, for all his glory, is a bit of uh, a ball hog at times, does like to take things on. So maybe with Cleary and Walker there, Teddy gets a bit more involved. But, yeah, it was it just yeah, it threw me off a little bit because he was one guy, and I think I said it last week or when I brought in Edric Lee that I was aiming to go straight to Teddy. But when I saw that score, it, just, it has me hesitating. Only two hundreds all year, and they were, mm. I mean decent hundreds at that. But yeah, it's been a, a I guess quite a year, and maybe that's coincided with the Roosters being a little flat. Maybe with the teams all back, and we know that they time their run generally pretty well outside of playing Souths in the final game of the year. But you know, the Roosters and and the Bunnies and Manly, these sort of teams have been floating around the eight, but a lot of them seem to be going up now. And I think people are talking out the Roosters as being a potential smoky. So maybe on the back of, you know, Kiri coming back and the side having a big win last week, the confidence might be there and a guy like Teddy will play off the back. But it's all conjecture because there's no points on the board to back it. So if I didn't own him already, I'd be, uh, yeah, Latrell all day over over Teddy for mine. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the way I would go too. Um, for only, what is it, 20K? Um I'm just trying to find the exact price point. Yeah, so it's 22600 So very minimal um, difference in price. Teddy pre-tradings this week is um, far more owned. Another 12,000 people have Teddy over Latrell Mitchell. And Mitchell's averaging more. Um, mm. Played far less, obviously. Total points is way down, but he's averaging more. Three-round average of 110. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, it's incredible what he's doing. Yeah, I'm not sure what he's sort of projected to climb to, but I assume anywhere between 750 and 800 with a with a good game this week, Latrell. That is so. You know, if if you can not trade him in this week against the uh, against the Storm, maybe. But uh, I think for a 14 break even, um, guy like Latrell's going places. A guy like Teddy needs to uh, needs to prove himself for mine. If we just cast our eye, we'll, we'll maybe move off Ryan Pappenhaus in, in a moment. But looking at the top 10 trades, nine of them involve Ryan Pappenhaus. And so yep. going down the list, Latrell, number one, a lot of people moving him in. Teddy just behind Val, big Val. He's been uh, shifted into the centre. Um, I assume he's not being played as a fullback, but you never know uh, for those coaches trading him in. But... That uh, remains to be seen. Cam Munster, here's a name we haven't spoken about. Uh, and one that I want to chat to you on because I don't own him. And he played quite well in a beaten side last week. But uh, I, don't, I just don't know what's happening with the storm. Uh, yeah. Cam Munster's still, you know, 87, 81 in his last couple. No real niggles coming out of origin. He had COVID last week. so Well, we had that shoulder complaint, which was sort of put him up in the air heading into origin three. Um, he hurt his shoulder in origin two and missed a couple of games. So mm. they gave him a few weeks off to get that right. I think he's being needled. I think he, he, he may need surgery on it at the end of the year. I don't know. Um, refer to physio for that one for the exacts, but I, yeah, to say that there's no injury concerns, no niggles with him, I think is an overstatement. You're overlooking that. Uh, it could go again, I suppose, at any minute. But for me, Munster's just you know far and away the best five eight in in Supercoach. Only two games left at Amy Park, and the yes. next one's the Titans, which obviously you want to be on, and then the Roosters in round twenty four. So I mean, there's a fair stack of away games there. Just having a look down his uh, score sheet so far this year. Uh, all of his big scores uh, are generally at home, 110, 130, 112, is, and 121 is four tons all in Melbourne. So playing away tends to, as it does for most, dip into his score a little bit there. So that gives me a little bit of concern for you know, or reason not to pick him so far this week. But yeah, I'm carrying Cody Walker in instead of him, which is always a concern. And given Latrell's back, a lot of points being commanded down that way. So I feel like Cam Munster's a guy I'm going to get in uh, at some point, but with two away games in the next couple of weeks, albeit one against Warriors, uh, I think I'm targeting him for around 21 play. Um, yeah. Is he an immediate buy? As, as, you know, no, I don't four? think so. Um, especially with Pappenhausen out, you can wait and see how you know they adjust. Um, would, do teams now start targeting Munster as that game breaker, the, the ability he has? Uh, to do that may be overlooking um, your Jerome Hughes and Harry Grant. When they get going, they can mm. really open up a game as well. But, you know, he, he is the Storm's number one guy. So without Pappenhausen there, you, you don't have to focus on that one aspect and you can put more attention onto Munster potentially. Um, I mentioned it today in the in my article, um, a couple of 5.8s, you know, potish five eights to look at if you're not on Munster or Dylan Brown. Um, Matt Burton for the Dogs, he's he's had an incredible two two and a half months. 
Um, what did you say? He averaged something? He's in the 70s or something. Isn't yeah. He? I was very surprised to read that. Very, very huge since, you know, I called him out early on and said he was one of the misses this year because he's been very poor. But um, basically, the moment I did that, he's turned <laughs> his season around to uh, average 72, you know, f- over 12 games or something like that. Um, plus, he's broken into New South Wales side. He had a 70-something game in Origin 2, I believe. Um, he's just been incredible. Downside, though, the Bulldogs. I mean, it they've done the their Bulldogs. mid-year sort of run and new coach and, and you know, they've, they've played pretty well. And all things considered, they just got latrelled last week, I think you That's said yep. in your article. So it was a tough loss for them. But I don't know, as the season wears on, and there's no real chance to make the eight does a guy like Matt Burton have a bit of an origin hangover and just look to next year? And does that sort of eat away at some of his scores? Listen, I don't, I don't know. They, they've got the Titans this week. He could go, you know, I'll say it now. He'll get a ton against the Titans this week. Um, then he's got us the week after. He could back it up. Um, it gets a little bit tougher after that. But he's got the game to do it. 83 against South in the loss. Um, 82 They when they pumped Para. They got beaten by Penrith in um, round 13 bye week, and he had a 98. So he's putting up big scores, win or loss. Um, mm. you know, the dogs have always got tough games based on the fact that they are the dogs. They're always playing up against it. So I don't think the draw or the run home is a massive concern. Um, for him, I think he, he's going to feature regardless. Cole Flanagan's not going to steal any points off him or any attacking stats. It's basically the Matt Burton show. And, um, you know, he's got goal kicking as well. So that, there's a few pluses in my book to be looking at him as a pod option. I would love to know what the thought process of the guys in that top 100 are uh, thinking for that sort of run. Do you stay with the pack or do you go a guy like Burton who's so, you know, he's 7% owned? But wouldn't be a lot in that top uh, echelon, I'd imagine. The 28 that's in his round 16 score sheet was in that horrible horrible weather clash against the Sharks a couple of mm, weeks ago. I was, mean, you can yeah. excuse him for that one. But, yeah, I was very surprised to see just how highly he's been scoring. Uh, and, obviously not they've got the huge ceiling, but that's huge. The 16 was the weekend after Origin 2, was it not? Uh, 16, he's got... Yes, well, that would have been. Um, I say it's still a week removed, but you know he was on a high from Origin. He didn't get that mid-year break that everybody else got, so maybe he was a little bit gassed coming out. It of- was also like it rained about two meters in yes, that game, that's that's right, yeah. <laughs> which for a half probably doesn't help. Doesn't so, affect Nico Hines though. He he thrives in the wet. Anyone? So you said another five eight you had on your yeah Scott Drinkwater. Um, he's playing fullback, but available to be played at five eight, obviously. And it was just the run home for your Cowboys that I liked. But you've spoken about Val Holmes and your concerns there. I, I, I assume the same can be said for Drinkwater. Yeah, I mean he's just always getting attacking stats, isn't he? He's always got That's those um, involvements, even when we're down a bit. Whereas Val's, you know, parked on the in the centres and. Could have a, a quiet game if the ball doesn't go his way. But Drinky's very much a focal point in the attack. So I think more often than not, he'll nab those one or two attacking stats that you need. So looking down is scoring as well. Like he's scoring tries, he's setting them up. Like there's a fair bit going on there. Just, yeah, concern as a Cowboys fan is just get the frigging job done now that we're so high. But uh, yeah, a, a couple of good weeks 
on the horizon for us, Tigers, Jags, Dogs, she said. So for me, I think Drinky goes 75-plus over those weeks, so he's a safer play than Val for mine. Yep, fair enough. Moving on to a couple of other guys maybe worth a shout-out, and some people are moving those on for Ryan Pappenhausen. Harry Grant, if we turn our focus to the hooking position, Harry Grant, what is going on with this guy? He has got a worse five-round average than Cam McInnes saw that the other day. I mean, we've all talked about turfing McInnes. If you've got him, I've still held him around as a you know flip-flop with uh, Brandon Smith. But Harry Grant not scoring that well lately. And I know he's carried a few niggles and flus and all that sort of stuff, origin yeah. hangover. Uh, is it? Is he now just going to break into the you know, home straight with a bang? Or is there some concern that Harry Grant is not the number one hooker out and out in 2022? Uh, I made the the call today, I think, when I was talking about Damian Cook. He's on track to be the number one hooker of 2022. Grant has hit a wall, whether it's a – it was his third year in, so it's not a sophomore slump even. But, yeah, I don't know whether the extra duties have got the best of him. The play really was to trade him out heading into Origin when he was 800K plus. Um, you know, if I had a time machine. Oh, God, I, I forgot he was that high. Jesus. Yeah, he was huge. And um, he's done nothing but drop cash and and score poorly since. Um, and when we say poorly, I mean, he's had a, a 51, 78, 37, and 66, you know, backing up or between Origins. So... That's not the end of the world, but it's just not the Harry Grant we've been used to. So uh, I kind of hope now that with things getting back to standard, um, he can get back to doing what he does, which is playing some attacking heads-up footy, um, attacking the tired rucks, um, the forwards around the ruck, I should say. They've got a pretty good run too. Um, I know they're struggling and Souths are on the up, but after that, New Zealand, Gold Coast, um, and then a couple of harder ones over, over um, the Supercoach finals with Penrith, Broncos, etc. So, you know, a couple of good games coming up that Grant could really go huge in. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you're not going to trade him out uh, for that run home, I guess you yeah. might as well. I mean, it's a luxury it, trade. 100%. It's, a, it's a luxury trade. Um, and the only real guy you'd consider trading him to would be Damian Cook, in my opinion. Um, mm. But if you've got a Harry Grant, it's very sideways. Yeah, if you don't have him, I mean, that's the, that's the thought. I don't think he's as much of a must-have for the run home that, that people might have once thought. So if you've already got a, say, Reese Robson yep. in there, uh, I mean, if you've got maybe Cam McInnes, even though he is somehow outscoring him, I'd still be um, moving him on at some point. But I think, yeah, Damian Cook's your guy. I think yeah, uh, a bit of talk that's around it. origin that he wasn't the number one anymore might have stung him a bit. So, yeah, the benching and all that kind of thing. Uh, I said, I think the writing was on the wall. We spoke about it very early in the year, how Wayne Bennett had um, sort of reined in his running game a little bit. And Cook came out in preseason and said, new coach, and he wants me to run more, and I want to run more. Um, and I wish I'd listened a little bit more because he's been huge all season, and he's been back to his best. Hmm. 36-odd percent owned for Cook and 21 for, sorry, for Grant and 21% for Damien Cook. So the more pod sort of play, but yeah, for me, it's no longer much of a much as I think Cook's the guy, but trades are a premium at the moment. So just have to yeah, ride out. Like Damien Cook's well on my um, on my list. I've got Ruben Cotter as my backup hooker at the moment. So I've got that luxury where I can move him down 
you know, should he come back um, mm. okay and, and use him as a, a backup cent, uh, second rower sort of thing. So I'm really targeting Cook over the next couple of weeks. On the hold front, so Ezra Mam, he's being used by a few players this week to get uh, the likes of Latrell in. Ezra Mam, though, has a couple of good runs coming up. So he's got Para this week, which is a probable tough one. But then after that, he's got the Tigers at Suncorp. Uh, there is just the Knights again at Suncorp, Melbourne at Suncorp, which will be a, a tough one. But then Para as well, we're again at Suncorp. So a lot of home games coming up. The Broncos are playing pretty well this year. Ma'am off the back of it. For me, a lot of people, um, I just envisioned he'd be out of our sides, but I think uh, worth carrying in uh, as long as round 25 based on that. Uh, I don't think he's an urgent trade-out, is he? He's, no, he's, 20 break even. 20, so. That's exactly right. And I know he's been scoring tries and it's not going to be as easy for the Broncos on the run home, but a 60-plus average is pretty good for a backup. You know, halfback 5'8", you can flick him up and back if you've got the flexibility. So I don't think you would sneeze at having to play him in a pinch or if he becomes an AE for any reason. Um, again, it's a little bit luxury. Um, if you've got the trades there and the money to do it, then upgrade him for sure. But uh, if you have to hold him, I wouldn't be too concerned about having him sitting there on the bench. 55 last week with no tries or try assists. Uh, I think he had one line break assist and got downgraded as well. I think he was near 70 uh, after the game and then bumped down to 55. But enough there to suggest that he's going to be a healthy enough play in the run home. So I think the more healthy bodies you have on your in your side and, you know, he's not an urgent sell as you as you mentioned. So a guy like Ezra Mam could come in handy for those weeks where he's playing pretty dud sides at home. So I think a lot of people targeting him, but... Would just be a bit wary of that unless you need an out and out gun and can't get it anywhere else. Um, anyone else? Payne Haas. Payne Haas. Yeah. We're just sort of going around the traps here, but we hold are. on. Uh, for the run home, you called him out in your article as being a pretty healthily scoring guy come this time of year. Yeah, he can be. He, the last couple of years, he's really turned it on post origin, but he hasn't been carrying the shoulder injuries and leg injuries and I don't know what he's got, ass injuries or whatever else he's carrying these days. So um, a little bit more banged up than usual, but they've given him three weeks off to get those under control. I wouldn't say he's healthy, but he's probably um, better shaped than he was when he was banging out 55s to 60s for us a month ago. So a um, little bit of rest will have done him good. I I wouldn't be surprised to see him back over 70s for the run home. A little bit of um, yeah, concern, though. His, his better half, I heard, has actually been um, something I read today. He's getting, she was getting sent roses in the mail, with, but with their heads cut off. Oh, it's good. A bizarre thing. Like, um, yeah, it sounds like she's getting stalked. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <sighs> Jesus, you're so I'm proud of yourself, dude. <laughs> That's the worst part. <laughs> so- I love everyone that I've, I've told that to, and I did have to credit Benny G with that one because that's who I first heard it from. But everyone I've said it to takes it so seriously at first. <laughs> yes, I say I went. How have I not heard about this? It takes, and it just took me a second where I went. Oh no, he's having this is a setup for sure. Ah, oh, mate, you're welcome, everyone. Thank, thank you, that Bazo. Yeah, stalked. No untrue, unfounded allegations. Paint Haas carry for the run home. 
Um, maybe last one on my list here, mate, Max King. 53 somehow. He looked pretty quiet in all of that. Yeah, I think he finished the game in the mid to high 30s. I mm. thought he's had a real shocker, but then he got upgraded very healthy. Yeah, I thought, uh, yeah, we've, we've called him out as being a run-home option just to hold, uh, not in your 1-17 to 17 necessarily, but just as a healthy backup option. I think he does more than enough to keep his spot for mine there. And there's no other real forwards. If we just have a, a look at the landscape there, you know, normally at this stage of the year, you've got a couple of front row forwards and a lot of second rowers just banging the door down if you don't already own them. But there's no one really setting the world alight. You got Maddo back this week, but he's carrying injury concerns. You got, um, you know, Tarpane uh, for your front row there, who's, who's killing it. But not many other people outside of that uh, week to week. Like, is there anyone that you're considering as a smoky sort of play there, or do you think a lot of people just have enough there to carry him through? Yeah, I think it's more of a carry through. You've got your Papali. Um, so yeah, um, so those sort of guys, it's. Those yeah must haves. Um, Max King is a serviceable benchy to play if you need to. Um, I wouldn't be worrying about wasting trades in the front row. You're not going to get too many guys there um, that are going to break a seventy average, really. Mm. Um, so Max King is just safe. Um, you know he's not going to break the mold he's not going to win you too many head-to-head games on a weekly basis but he won't lose you any either um so yeah i i wouldn't worry about moving him on if you still got him there uh it's same sort of boat i'm in with jason tomololo he's you know punching around a 55 60 average i'd like more but i'm not worrying about having him there either it's it's very vanilla sort of scoring and i'm okay with that in my front row He's probably three names I don't have in my side and, and three that maybe if you have turned away during the origin period, but uh, Vili Kikau, uh, David Fafita, and one I have just forgotten, but I'll get back to, to him in a moment. But Cam Murray? Kikau, uh, no, Angus Crichton. Angus well, Crichton. I think a lot of people picked up uh, when he missed origin and all that. He's gone pretty well. Could have had, I think, another 40 points last week if he got over the line, but not to be. But, uh, yeah, Crichton, Kikau. And Dave Fafita, if you were to pick one out of those guys, is there a name that uh, tickles your fancy and is it Dave Fafita? Yeah, it is. Um, I think him and Crichton are fairly on par. I've got both. I jumped on Fafita last week. But, um, like, Fafita, uh, I don't know, you don't really, you're not a Broncos fan, neither am I. But if you watch that game, Fafita did nothing. He, he wandered around, he ran decoys, he looked gassed for 65, 70% of the game. He was walking out the back of some plays. So still nothing ended different up on, to any other pointer in the year. Well, no, exactly right, but he still ended up on 75 points somehow. Um, so if he can get his legs under him and they start using him a little bit more, then a big scores are on the horizon for him. Um, yeah, I just... It surprised me, really. I think he finished in, in high 50s as well and got upgraded. But to see that as a bad game for Fafita um, is is what we want to see, really. And Crichton was similar. He went uh, a bee's dick away from scoring a try, got pulled down on the line, and then, you know, Joey capitalised. But, um, you know, Crichton's – if the if the 
Roosters are serious about playing finals this year. They've got to be getting their best guys. The football, Angus Crichton, is that. Hmm. Kekau, haven't spoken about him, but he was pretty handy when they needed him to step up last week against Absolutely. the Tigers. Yeah, he was um, huge last week. Yeah, that try I scored was it was a classic kicker, just hard running, hitting the line well. But he, yeah, he, he's more boom bust than these other guys. Um, his floor is much lower. He's sort of a you know thirty five forty floor when he goes out of the game, but he has a ceiling as well. He can get over for a couple of tries and, and put on a, a big ton. He scored two earlier in the year. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly what he had that day. Um, yeah, his first time was last week, so he scored 87 oh, and 87. Yeah. With a so, yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. It was his um, milestone game when the family was over and he, he scored two early on and then sort of points dried up after that. But, yeah, he's he's for me, of those three names, he's a distant third. Okay. Interesting, because he's probably the higher-owned of all three there. So uh, one that we haven't considered, but one that I do own, Ola Kawatu. I think he's only yes. 90% owned. But I think for Manly, it's frustrating because he's always in the game and scoring well. He scores a trial, sets one up, and then gets taken off in the last 10, just yeah. as Manly are opening it up. So frustrating, well, but I think for me, he's shown a lot this year. It seems to me he keeps getting dragged from the game when, they, when it's well in hand. They were up... Mm. 22 against Melbourne and he got pulled um, and then Melbourne or well, Pappenhausen I should say made a comeback and they didn't have the interchanges to get him back on the field and you know they were well up last week against Newcastle we were never coming back so they pulled him um, and he's just job done by that stage it is frustrating because we want him out there for 80 and scoring points the entire way but to score 82 in a 70 minute game or a 67 minute game or whatever he had He's just been playing phenomenal this year. He's put himself in the upper echelon of second rowers. As I said in my article, um, fourth for most points scored total this year and fourth for um, season average of all second row available players. He's He's gone to another level. I would love to see his stats in that second row for tackle bus as well. Just having a look at his most recent uh, run of games. He's got seven, eight, four... Uh, eight and six last week in terms of tackle bus. So I think every week he's just uh, impossible to drag down. And I think we're seeing the reaping the benefits as owners from that. Um, all right. Is there anyone else for trade in, trade outs? I know we haven't really spoken about some of the more outs, but there's the guys like Penasini, Karaz, uh, these sort of guys getting moved on. I don't really see any major concern with those. No, no. Penasini, if you still got Talakai. him, needs to go. Um, Karaz has sort of hit a wall. He doesn't score the same out in the wing than he does in the centres when he can get his hand on the ball a little bit more. So um, while he's outside, he played outside Declan Casey last week, didn't he? Um, and Ah, oh, sorry. No, he played on the other side of the field. Um, but, yeah, so he just – if they, you've got those guys, again, you've got to have the trades. We're at the really sticky point of the year. But, yeah, they can be moved on without worry. How's Declan Casey? He gets zero points in his first game, plays 55 minutes, gets concussed to the absolute shithouse. Yeah, and then comes and, scores, comes and scores 80 in his comeback yep. game. Good on him. Good uh, yes. good average. Uh, Talakai was the other one I just saw then. I think uh, use that off there. If you haven't traded him out already, don't know what you're doing, yeah. but it's time for him to go. He's he's back. He's you know He got through origin. He had his rest last week. The Sharks are coming into a very favorable draw. Um, over the next few weeks. So I don't know why you'd be moving him on 
now if you've held him this long. It's, it just <sighs> seems bizarre to me. Because it's all going down friggin' Jesse Ramey and sides. Well, there is that. Inexplicably. Um, let's say Connor Tracy's going to go out onto the right wing and catch an absolute cold because Ramey and, and say he's, he's taken it on upon himself the last couple of weeks. Hmm. Certainly is, but uh, for me, Talakai's a sell. I think, you know, even if you have kept him this long, tough matchup this week, and there are just better fish around him for that price particularly. 93 break even. Uh, so he's definitely going to go down in price coming up up against the Panthers. So make a move on him this week. Captains and vices, Lakey, I haven't really looked at the uh, the matchups in detail, but I've got a guy in mind, and that's James Tedesco. I'm going back to the well because I picked him last week. He got 99, which any other day you wouldn't mind, but... That's uh, almost 100 points less than his 5'8". Uh, so, anyway, reckon Teddy against you guys this week. I think a, that's uh, a very fair shout. Um, we've been struggling of late, so I'm not going to argue off that one as much as I'd like to. On the other side, um, I did my usual, had a look at, you know, points to positions and that sort of thing. What do you think? The five round average of um, teams playing the Roosters are fullbacks playing the Roosters, I should say. Jeez, I can imagine they've conceded uh, a fair bit. Who was the fullback last? Oh, 70? 75? Um, more, actually. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking triple figures here. No, I can hear you quite. madly clicking no, in the back. Let's say I was doing something else, but yeah, seventy-seven when I got back over to it. So they've had it. They've given up a fair few scores of over the last five weeks around Origin and the bye week. Um, not to say that Caelan Ponga is going to come out and tear them apart, but he's that's exactly hit, what you're saying. He's hit some for. I still think we get beat by thirty, but um, wouldn't surprise me to see him outscore Teddy this week. You might still score 30, given the way the Roosters have defended uh, yeah. last week. So you go. Um, Nathan Cleary, is he? Obviously, he's the week-to-week play, but this week against the Sharks, probably a bit more of a grinding affair than he's used to. Yeah, Fresh it could Bali be. too, what's he doing? Uh, he's probably still got a few bintangs under his mm. belt. But, um, you know, the Sharks don't give up points to halves. They, they let in 41 or 42 per game to right halves, and... Uh, 43 per game to left half. So they've just really limited the attacking players or the key position players from the teams they've played against. Uh, your boys, I mean, I know you had Ben Hampton. I was about to say, they can see left. it. <laughs> so it was only, he only scored a 26. Um, but yeah, on the other side of the field, Townsend scored a, a 50 something. I think it that was. pretty good. But yeah, if you think, uh, you know, in the halves, Ben Hampton, he, he scored 30-odd against him. You'd imagine Cleary's probably, you know, about four and a half times the player that Ben Hampton is. So 150. Uh, that's not what you were saying last week. You are telling me <laughs> to trade him in. Would have been a great draft player. But no, that uh, having to watch that drop ball that gave him the lead. The, yeah, anyway, enough about Ben Hampton. Uh, good to see yeah. we've signed Jake Randall, though. There you go. Give you love. Yep. Um, but there you go. Are you, what are you doing this week? Um, I really like the Seagulls against the Dragons on the Friday night, uh, Friday afternoon, I should say. So you're looking at Garrick, uh, DCE as your um, as your VCs there. If you're owning either of those guys, I think they could put up a really big score. Uh, but yeah, hard to go past Teddy against my Knights, or um, you know, you, you go with Latrell and hope you can tear apart the Storm. 
Yeah, it's a bit cool to make. And it's annoying at fullback because you're going to have those you know, guys that are, could kill it each week. You can only pick one, a COVC. The ever frustration of a super coach land. All right, mate. That's uh, been a good chat. Round 19, throwing up some uh, interesting possible trade-ins. But I think, yeah, run home. It's going to be a long one. Hopefully COVID stays away, injury curse and all that kind of gear because uh, trades yeah. are running out. Uh, I don't know what your how many trades you got left, but for me, with six to go, it's a uh, going to be tight. Yeah, I've got eight pre trades this week, so oh, yeah. I've got a few more up my sleeve. I think I've only probably got to make another four before I'd be happy to sit on my team for the run home and then use whatever else I need for injuries or a couple of pod plays over the last couple of rounds. I like your Matty Burton play, mate. I reckon, given you're floundering in. 6,000th or wherever, just go burn. Well, so I've already got Dylan Brown and Cam Munster. So if I if I was going to move on one of those guys, I'd be very interested on Burton. But uh, mm. I think for the sake of saving the trade, I just run with the guys I have. Lovely. All right. Good to chat to you, mate. I'll catch you next week. You certainly will. Good luck, Paul. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.